1: Your father looked
0: down at you. He had but one hope. Someday my son will grow to be a man. Well, look at you now. You just got your asses whipped by a bunch of damn nerds. Nerds! Well, if I was you, I'd do something about it. I would get up and redeem myself in the eyes of my father, my maker, and my coach! Well, let's get those nerds! 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 What are we waiting for? We would be honored if you would join us.
2: welcome to who will save generation x the trivia game show that is dedicated to remembering celebrating and preserving all the wonderful qualities of generation x through games trivia and friends i'm zabe your host and today we have two great contestants ready to compete for fabulous prizes and in the process do their part to save generation x from being forgotten Are you ready to do your part? Please play along with the contestants while you listen and see what rad prize you would have won if you were here with us saving Generation X from fading into oblivion. We're so happy they've chosen to join us and I'm sure you're going to get a nice dose of nostalgia and maybe a few laughs along the way. So here we go. Here's the show. Uh, This episode promises to be a little nerdy this week. We're going to geek out a little with uh, the material we cover with these two very young Gen Xers. I try to make episodes with a little something for everyone, but if you like sci-fi, video games, and Dungeons & Dragons, then this episode is one you might especially like. like. Our contestants today are Ian. Hello! Happy to be here,
3: and I'm going to be making sure that my opponent feels like he's from Generation Excluded.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And he'll be playing today against Jacob. Uh, Hey, my name is Jacob and I plan on winning this because I know uh, something about Generation X Uh, and hopefully
2: I won't be excluded. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see. If you're new to the show, let me explain how things go. The show is broken up into three rounds. The player with the most points after round two goes on to play our bonus round and try to win today's prize. That is, unless the losing player can play spoiler to them and stop them in their final game. We're going to jump right into round one now and get the games rolling. Round one. Hey, you know guys, uh, you take the good, you take the bad, you take them both, and there you have our first game of the day. It's a game we like to call the facts of life. In this game, we take the top 10 crowdsourced opinions about a topic and players must compete to identify them on the top 10 list. An incorrect answer will get you a strike, and the player who gets three strikes loses the round. The winner of the round will be awarded the power, power. which is a position that will grant them advantages later in the show. So no points are awarded for round one, but having the power in round two can be a great advantage. I'm just
3: curious, Neil, when you hear the power, what do you think of? My brain immediately
2: went to to He-Man. Leading the witness, dude. You Can't say what do you fire. think of, and then tell them what you think. <laughs> my, my power totally went to fire. Hard, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Captain Planet,
3: I love it. The power is
2: yours. Star Wars is arguably the most beloved movie franchise from the Generation X timeline, if not of all movie history. Within the first three movies, holds iconic moments that have been celebrated for decades. We're going to give them some more love here today. We have searched the interwebs over and found the consensus list of the top 10 moments in the Star Wars franchise. The top 10 are all from the first three movies released. That's episode four, five, and six. Why those three movies? Because all the top moments in the franchise happens within those three movies. Ian and Jacob, the game is you will take turns naming these great moments from these three movies. A moment is a vague term but it could be a whole scene, it could be a small part of a scene, a single line, or even no dialogue at all. Here's your pro tip. Although there are some answers that are on the list because of the dialogue, I would recommend not to not let that be your only guide when thinking of your answers, okay? So guys, there are some very strong opinions regarding this franchise. And the moments represented on this list are the opinions of those that replied to the online survey. they may or may not represent the show or the two of you. So I don't want to get in trouble with people thinking that I made this list up uh, because my personal list would be very different too. I get the feeling we might have some loud arguments uh, about the comments uh, on the list. (laughs) In other words, I got a bad feeling about this. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. We flipped the coin backstage and Ian, you won the coin flip. You get to go first. Tell us your, uh, an all-time great, Star Wars moment.
1: Uh I am your father. Oh
2: come on. That, it, that easy.
0: I am your
2: father. is it is. I am your father is number one on the list to nobody's surprise. Jacob, over to you. Uh, I'm gonna try to do a fight with uh, the rancor in Return of the Jedi. Mm. A
3: That's a great one. scene. Yeah.
2: <laughs> let me let me scroll down to page two. <laughs> <laughs> The Rancor scene is number 12 on the list. So just outside the top 10. Oh. oh. So that is strike one for you, Jacob. Ian, back to you.
3: Uh, Empire Strikes Back.
2: I love you. I know.
0: I love you.
1: I know. That is number three on the list. Eh, <laughs> I swear to God, you're using all the ones that I'm like, that's, that's too obvious. Too well, obvious. then you
2: had a turn, bro. You could have said it. <laughs> <laughs> okay back to you jacob now pick Uh, the one that you think ian's gonna pick next so there's no more of this crying about the answers
1: (laughs) no uh so i'm gonna pick the scene where uh i'm gonna pick the scene at the very end when uh darth vader uh basically defeats the emperor and luke has to rescue him luke help me take this mask
0: off but you'll die nothing can stop that now, just for once. Let me look on you with my
2: own eyes. Darth Vader rescues Luke. Vader unmasked. Yes, that counts. uh Correct. Number five on the list. Oh, that's huh. a good
3: one. That was number one four. strike for
2: Jacob. None for Ian. Ian, what do you got? Yoda lifting the X, X-wing. That is mm-hmm. one. That's a video. good one. Do or do not. Judges. Judges are going to allow it.
0: Hey! Uh, <laughs> that is number 10 scream. on the
2: list. Do or do not, there is no try. That was the specific moment, but that was that's right on the thing. The judges allowed it. Don't look at me. All
0: right, I'll give it a try. No, try not. Do or oh, do not. There is no try.
2: So still no strikes for Ian. Only one strike for you, Jacob. You can still win this. Uh, I'm gonna say Boba Fett. Boba Fett. Uh, the scene where
1: Boba Fett Boba in Fett. Return of the Jedi is fighting Luke and gets dropped into the Sarlacc pit.
2: The Sarlacc pick was number 13 on the list. Oh my <clears> good <throat> lord! I'm like, I'm
1: I, if this was a, a teens question, I'd be winning.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Considering you only have one in the teens, you're right. Oh, that's true. <laughs> so that's two strikes, Jacob. Ian. Oh, man. Still, still no strikes.
3: All right, uh, I'm going to go with uh, the death of Obi-Wan Kenobi.
1: I've been waiting for you, Obi-Wan. We meet again at last. The circle is now complete. When I left you, I was but the learner. Now I am the master. Only a master of evil, Darth.
2: Obi-Wan versus Darth Vader is number nine on the list. So that's another Holy. correct answer. <laughs> okay, here's the situation, Jacob. You got two strikes. It's either okay. get on the board or you're out. I'm gonna go
1: with the scene with Luke going through the uh the trench in the Darth, uh, Death Star. You're all clear, kid. Now let's
2: blow this thing and go home. <laughs> Great shot, kid. That was one in a million. Remember, force will be with you always. Good the Death Star attack run is number two on the list. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> You're still alive, Jacob. Great job, Ian. Back to you. Can you go undefeated? That would be the first time ever. Oh my goodness! No strikes. No strikes. Next
3: greatest, or it's it is it greatest moment or most memorable moments, iconic. The Whatever those guys. I read that big about. long thing.
2: Right?
3: I, <laughs> <laughs> All right, going to go through the movies. This one, this. One. Um, so I'm going to go with. Uh, Luke Skywalker pulling his hood off and showing that I am the master. And Jabba is like, you are no Jedi. It's like, Jabba no (laughs) Baba. Hey, Jabba no Baba.
2: (laughs) I think if we all had little action figures right now, we'd be like, actually (laughs) (laughs) playing. (laughs) Uh, I'm sorry, Ian. That is your first strike. That did not make the list. Although that is an awesome scene, they're all awesome. Yeah. Come on, hmm. all yeah. right, Jacob? Here's your chance. The window is open. Um, I'm going to go with the Greedo scene.
1: That uh, that right oh. there. Come on, that's got to be on the list. Uh, I mean, at...
2: judges. <laughs> the judges are going to let you have it.
0: Yeah. The
1: cantina
2: scene. Yeah. Greedo was in that.
1: Okay, okay. I was going to say right?
2: the whole cantina scene. That 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 counts. Why they're with Chewbacca He was a wookie They met with Luke and Obi-Wan About the Millennium Falcon Docking Bay 94 Stormtroopers at the door With a flash of Ben's lightsaber Now there's
0: an arm on the floor At the Star
2: Wars Star Wars Cantina Where was Greedo? The Cantina Hmm. Okay Was uh, being the opposite Was (laughs) R.I.P.
1: I will remember (laughs) (laughs)
2: Okay, Ian
3: This is a terrible one, but it's in my head I don't think it's going to be on the list I'm going to go with uh, Han saving Luke By cutting open the tauntaun and putting him in there (laughs) I thought this smelled bad on the outside
1: the outside yeah
2: <laughs> i wish i could give you points for the uh very good rendition of that line however <laughs> i'll make the survey uh, we're tied at two strikes apiece, guys take up you could put the pressure on him big time or you could strike out right here it's i'm all gonna i'm gonna hands.
1: send uh i'm gonna send ian to the boss system um <laughs> Along with that scene. <laughs> uh, Which one? Yeah, let's, let's do this then. There's that. I'm going to say the AT-ATs. Uh, the battle with the uh, the speeders going around the legs and, oh, yeah. and knocking them down. Battle of Hoth, yo.
2: That armor's too strong for blasters.
3: Yeah, I'm going to say that. I would like points deducted for him
1: referring to the AT-ATs as AT-ATs. <laughs>
2: <laughs> All, all-terrain armored transports. Give me a break. Hey! <laughs> You have uh, redeemed yourself. <clears throat> okay. I'm sorry, but that is your third strike. That is number 11. Oh, those oh, go to 11.
0: You have failed me for the last time. I want to
2: recount. You had 11, 12, and 13 on the list. <laughs> they were very distinguished scenes, though. Very good misses. <clears throat> you missed as, as best as you possibly could. I, I literally did.
3: Battleship, you went around
2: the
1: battleship.
2: <laughs> okay, I'm just going to run down the top 10 list. Uh, congratulations, Ian. You have won round one. Yay. And that grants you the power. The Number power. 10 was do or do not. There is no try, says Yoda. Mm-hmm. Number nine was the Obi-Wan Kenobi versus Darth Vader battle. Number eight, nobody said, was the opening crawl in the very beginning. Oh, of the okay. Iconic. All right. iconic. Mm-hmm. Okay. Number seven was the cantina scene, also iconic. Number six, nobody said. In my notes, it just says being owned by the emperor. And that is basically when uh, the emperor was talking smack to Luke saying, your fleet has lost Mm. and your friends on the century moon will not survive. I can feel the hate swelling in you now. I'm looking forward to completing your training. In time, you will call me master. Then number five he had was Darth Vader rescues Luke. Number four, here's the controversy. You guys ready to yell at me? Mm. The Yub Nub song.
3: Uh, the original Yub Nub song is just fine. The remake, I think, just ruins the entire franchise. There, the
2: there, is no like there is I'm no so remake. There is no remake. so
3: happy
1: you feel that way.
2: <laughs> There's only one. <laughs> and it I don't was even released. know
1: what song you're talking about.
2: It's the uh, Ewok celebration at the oh, end. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. I, I and and they figured take it the... was that or yeah they take the family picture at the end basically and it's 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 yeah. beautiful and we find out that the uh what happened to all the stormtroopers um at that moment they became a xylophone well what happened to yeah. them right so remember when they captured Han and Luke the Ewoks they were gonna eat them yep only oh, thing left of those stormtroopers are helmets dude you're right like, I never Ewoks ate that. all the stormtroopers
1: it's, it's a bit macabre, but... Uh.
2: <laughs> Number three uh, is I Love You, I Know. Yeah. Number two, mm. the Death Star Attack Run. Number one, of course, is I Am Your Father. Mm. Okay. Before we start round two, let's take a moment to better meet our contestants. I like to ask a personal preference question to have the listeners get a better idea of who they're playing against at home. And also give our guests a chance to give us their Gen X credentials. That is, besides being born when they did, what makes them qualified to call themselves truly Generation X? This episode's personal preference question is What is your favorite scene from any Star Wars movie? An advance warning if you say a scene from The Last Jedi, the judges will escort you out of the building. Here, here. <laughs> okay. So first, let's welcome Jacob to the show. Jacob, welcome. Thanks for being on the show, buddy.
1: Hey, my name is Jacob. Uh, I am a whew, about to be 41-year-old Gen X sir, right on the cusp. Uh, I grew up with a couple older brothers and had to follow them around because they were the ones with cars and all I got to listen to was a bunch of 80s and 90s uh, uh, metal and etc. Um, so Striper being the uh, the the word of the day. <laughs> um, I uh, I'm gonna win this game because I've got uh, I've got age age over I guess uh, experience over over beauty with Ian. Look at that beard. Um, now that being said, my favorite scene from Star Wars it really comes down to two, and I'm ashamed to say this. I love the original trilogies, especially Empire Strikes Back, which I think is a masterpiece that being said what i feel like are the two most important at least to me as a fan uh uh i want to say two because i can't decide which one duel of the fates and this and the prequels actually mostly because it really goes into um if qui-gon wins then anakin actually has a father figure if he doesn't then he has obi-wan which is great but not what he needs. And that's what Duel of the Fates is about. And I really Mm. believe that fight shapes the whole series. Uh, The other one, hate me if you want to, but I believe it's in Rebels when Obi-Wan fights um, uh, Darth Maul again and beats him in two moves. It's the shortest fight scene in all of the series, but I think it's the most impactful. And if you haven't seen it, look it up on YouTube. It's amazing. Thanks, Jacob. Thanks for being here. Mm -hmm. Ian, welcome
3: to the show, buddy. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Big fan. Uh, my name is Ian. Uh, I am currently a uh, uh, RN specializing in emergency and pediatrics. And my uh, my Gen X cred or credentials uh, to me, I had to think about this a lot because there's a lot to Gen X, and a lot of it's yeah. built on on technology and latchkey kids uh, because of the prevalence of single moms and all that kind of stuff. But for me, what really stands out in my childhood was um, having to budget the quarters at the arcade, but always having that dime to use the payphone to call in the case of emergencies and then going up to actually use the payphone and seeing that they had increased the price from a dime to 25 cents and been taking all my quarters. Because <laughs> so you know, it was like that, that Miss Pac-Man at the pizza parlor and in the sit-down booth of the, the Star Wars game uh, where you actually got to shoot the trench.
2: Man, memories. Well, I think anyone from Generation X that holds a quarter in their hand and doesn't have some sort of flashback memory of putting a quarter that a quarter into a arcade game. If they don't connect quarters to arcade games, there's something wrong with their gen x credentials. That's uh, all I'm saying. Or
1: remember remember putting the quarter on the little ledge of the screen to show that you were
2: next. Oh yeah. Hmm. Remember? Placeholder yes. man. We have a little arcade game here at the house and I play with my 8-year-old daughter and we always make sure there's a quarter Leaning up against the the cabinet on the by the <laughs> joystick, amazing. Just to make sure we keep it alive. Uh,
3: you got just super glue it on there so no one can steal it.
2: We're doing our best to save Generation X And this. There novel. you go.
3: My favorite Star Wars part. There's so many, and I've been thinking about this for a while now. But right now, the thing that I think has to be just my favorite moment and that's memorable to me is the very end, the last scene of Empire Strikes Back, where they're on the medical ship. Luke puts his uh, his arm or is standing next to Leia. You know, he's just beat to crap and he's healing. And C-3PO and R2-D2 are next to him. And it zooms out and you see Lando and Chewie taking off the Millennium Falcon and leaving. It's like the, you have so much closure and so much waiting ahead. At the same time, you're just like, oh my God. It is such a pivotal moment in that Trilogy and the whole thing—it's I. I and it, just,
1: as opposed to the first one, it really did give you the sense that oh,
2: we're definitely having a third one.
1: There's oh, definitely yeah. a
2: third coming up. Is—is um, is it that Lando Calrissian is wearing Han Solo's clothes and driving his away in his spaceship? <laughs> <Did he laughs> liked it so much. No, it's Lando it's, swooped in and took all his stuff.
3: It, <laughs> it's just because you know that they're going to get Han it's like it doesn't like while there's still a huge love story that's being told between leia and solo you have that finality to know that it's no longer like a triangle between you know luke and han and leia which way she's gonna go we have some definitive knowledge and it's not about that anymore it's not about that at all it's we gotta go get our butt you know yeah this whole it, it makes it so much more in depth it's not just the alliance and rebels versus the empire there's so much into the story and there's a personal stake yeah i just but it's and when you think about just what that does in the story but also just what's picturesque the music that goes into it the zoom out from it it's like oh it's empire empire i think is the best of all the star wars movies round two
2: ian you have the power for round two and this this game is called eight is enough In this game, I'll ask a total of eight questions, four to each contestant. Points are awarded for each correct answer, two points for a complete correct answer, and one point for a partial correct answer, which is up to the judge's discretion. At any time, players can appeal the judges to make a ruling for a partial correct answer and try to make their case through loud arguments. The player who has the power gets to choose between two questions during the round. The power also allows the player to know one of the two categories the Question falls under. So there is your advantage for the power. Mm. Players take turns answering questions with a chance to steal if their opponent answers incorrectly. Steal is worth one point, but also steals the power. You cannot lose points for an incorrect answer. However, all questions must be given an, an, an answer, no matter how incorrect they must they may be. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. So if you don't know, make something <clears throat> up entertaining. <clears throat> <laughs> Ian, you get to choose between these two questions. Can you hear me now? Which is a culture slash technology question. Or knee deep in the dead. Can you elaborate on what knee deep in the dead would be since the last one was
3: cultural technology?
2: I cannot. You only, okay. the power only allows you to pick between one.
3: We'll do the former. We'll do the. Uh... Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Thank you. Yes.
1: Over.
2: <laughs> can you hear me now what was the weight of the first commercial u.s handheld cell phone it's a multiple choice was it a two pounds b six pounds c two kilograms or d 69 ounces 69, dude. two pounds didn't have to think much about that one did you
3: two pounds <laughs> is correct I mean, I'm just imagining that Zach Morris moment where he pulled that brick out.
2: You
0: know?
2: <laughs> it's about well, two pounds. Well, let <laughs> me tell you about it. The first commercially available handheld cell- cellular phone was the Motorola Dynatac 8000X. They gave it a fancy name, which hit the market in 1983 and weighed in at two <clears> pounds. <throat> it was priced at just under $4,000 and a full battery charge got you a half hour of usage. It also had a catchy nickname, The Brick. That's right. (laughs) The first commercial cell phone call known to be placed was from the U.S. to Alexander Graham Bell's great grandson in Germany. There's no word on whether he accepted the charges or not. (laughs) So the scene that I always think of
1: when I think of this phone is uh, Zach Morris calling his dad who has no time for him. And then him pulling out his big brick and calling his dad and being like, do you have time for me now? That's the scene that I remember. It's mm. a great episode. He's sitting <laughs> on his bed. His dad's trying to like, his dad's trying to communicate with his son and like, mm. you know, no, I'm here for you, son. And then work calls. And then and then uh, oh, Zach right. gets bummed out. And then he like, hold on, I got to take this other call. And then it's Zach on the phone. Can you talk now, dad? <laughs> I remember now.
3: Derek Morris. Dad. Zach? Is this the only way I can get through to you? Wow, that's great. Thank you.
2: Great episode. He said, yes, I can talk, but only for a half hour. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Full circle. Jacob, here's your question. Sure. Knee Deep in the Dead, which is a video game question. This 1993 video game originally distributed for free its first nine levels as shareware Yep. with an offer for the remaining levels to be purchased via mail order. It was played by an estimated 15 to 20 million people within its first two years and helped to define the first-person shooter genre. Its graphic violence and hellish imagery also made it one of the top video game controversies in history. What is the name of this groundbreaking shooter that resulted in creating parental rating systems for video games? So that was Doom. Doom uh (laughs) knee deep and dead and the dead was the difficulty
1: setting uh no 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 that was the first set of levels and then it went to like the gates of hell and then etc so loy and i used to play that at home on the the shareware version uh, which was three uh five and a half, half five and a half discs and when we would hear the garage door open from my dad coming home who anybody listening needs to know that he was a pentecostal preacher when the garage door started, we would rush to turn it off and run back over to the Super Nintendo to start playing Mario Kart, because we know <laughs> we knew if he caught us
2: playing Doom, uh, it would be over. The most accurate part of the name "Satanic Panic" was the panic part. When your <laughs> Pentecostal preacher dad finds out you're playing Doom. (laughs) Lord, it's time for
3: you to go home now. You're grounded. I'm grounded.
2: (laughs) Well, that is definitely a two-pointer answer for you, uh, Jacob. Mm. The uh, fun fact is the name Doom came from a Tom Cruise quote of all people. The game's title was inspired by a scene in The Color of Money in which Cruise's character pulls out his custom cue case at the pool hall. No demons came out of the case. It is presumed that Tom Cruise keeps his demons elsewhere. Good game, good game. What you got in there?
3: In here? Doom. Huh. That was a good movie. Paul Newman.
2: Ian, you still have the power, yeah, power, and you can pick between these two categories. The father of the role-playing game, which is an RPG question, role-playing game question, or oil spills are lack of box of chocolates.
3: Well, while I believe I could answer both of those very well, I
2: think we both deserve to hear the RPG question. All right. Good, good answer. This man has a plaque on display at the largest gaming convention in the United States that reads, The first DM, he taught us how to roll the dice. He opened the door to new worlds. His work shaped our industry. He brought us Gen Con, and for this, we thank him. Who is this plaque dedicated to?
3: Oh my God. I know, I know this and I know that I don't know the correct response, but I'm going to take a good shot at it. Uh, it's going to be a terrible shot. Now that I'm thinking about it, uh, I'm going to go with. Um, it's George Lucas. <laughs> i thought you said
2: you're gonna take a good shot at it right <laughs> i took a sweet it's like i, I can't even this answer uh that answer is incorrect jacob you can steal a point and the power no, with the correct answer i
1: i can't i don't i won't have the correct answer i'm i can't even think i just played cyberpunk on pc and i can't even think of the creator of that guy of that um rpg let alone i'm assuming it's going to be dungeons and dragons or or you know 5e or whatever the father of role-playing games i can't think of an actual name though it just escapes me i so i I gotta take a guess uh
2: (laughs) you get a point uh, taken away if you don't say an answer so fujio takamura Mm. very close there's a lot of people (laughs) uh yelling at their podcast players right now with this man's name in honor gary gygax Mm
3: -hmm. oh yeah yeah
2: here's the fun fact yeah, Gary Gygax was the co-creator of the world's greatest role-playing game, Dungeons & Dragons. Mm-hmm. Despite selling millions of copies of his rule books, his most famous quote is, The secret we should never let the Game Masters know is that they don't need any rules. Ooh.
0: The Dungeon Master orchestrates and referees the game, creating scenarios both complicated and terrifying. There is no board, only the dice. Uh, That's good. There's a recent documentary
3: uh, that I was watching, I think a month or two ago that covered a lot of him and what he did.
2: It's, it's really, really awesome. Apparently they didn't cover his name though. No, they didn't. (laughs) (laughs) Now over to you, Jacob. This question is called oil spills are like a box of chocolates. What was the name of the ship that ran aground in Alaska's Prince William Sound on March 24th, 1989, creating a massive oil spill of over 10.8 million gallons. Ah. Of oil. This is multiple choice. Ready? Okay, thank God. Was it A, the Exxon Valentes, B, the Exxon Valdez, C, the Exxon Marquis, or D, the Exxon Sanchez? Valdez. The Exxon Valdez is correct.
1: Yep. Now, if anybody here has seen the the absolute. <coughs> beautiful most amazing masterpiece of a movie called Waterworld, you would know that. <laughs>
3: <laughs> that's how you get that. <laughs> I love that's how, how you get it. I worked a year for Greenpeace to try and turn the entire north uh uh the Arctic Circle Um, and to a global marine sanctuary. And part of that was covering the damage of the Exxon Valdez and what it did to the Arctic Coraline. And it's like, yes, I know that. I'm passionate. He's like, do you ever see (laughs) Waterworld? (laughs)
2: Waterworld. Here's the fun fact about uh, the Exxon Valdez, if there is such a thing. In the second Forrest Gump novel entitled Gump and Co., Gump commandeers the Exxon Valdez and accidentally crashes it. Surprisingly, only the Deepwater Horizon oil spill has more extens- was more extensive than the Exxon Valdez spill. Mm. Only slightly more surprising is that there were not only one, but two Forrest Gump novels. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it is now clear that the captain of the tanker, who was not on the bridge at the time
2: of the accident, had been drinking. That brings the score four points for Jacob and two points for Ian. Ian, you have only two points, but you would still have the power. Let's see what you do with these two questions. You can pick between "Asta La Vista, Baby," which is a movie question, or "Time to Get Your Krypton." Oh, see, here's the thing.
1: That's a good I th- one.
3: We're, I think we're both going to get this one, but I know that Jacob is such a huge Superman person; he's going to get that one right. Um.
1: I mean, I might not if it goes into the comics. I right, don't know. We'll,
3: we'll we'll give it to you. Uh, I'll go. I'll go Arnold Schwarzenegger. Thanks. <laughs> I'm just going there because it's like you know what? I think you actually know more about Superman than I do, so I'm gonna oh. take the safe out.
2: The la vista question is all about Spanish movies.
0: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> okay. Good. <ahead. laughs> Cheers. Jacob
2: being the bilingual, trilingual one between us. I'm just kidding. (laughs) In Terminator 2 Judgment Day, the T-1000 morphs into many other things during the movie to disguise itself while hunting for John Connor. Name three things the T-1000 disguises itself as during his hunt.
3: Okay. Uh, well, cheaply, it disguised itself as uh, the motorcycle cop, the police officer. Um, it also uh, disguised itself as uh, John Connor's kind of stepmom, um, foster mom, whatever you want to call it. There's that. I think it also uh, disguises itself as uh, one of the attendants in the. Um, in the asylum where she was being held
2: that is a correct answer i was gonna say that's good very good there's also the mm-hmm. helicopter pilot there's the helicopter pilot
0: mm. there's also
2: the floor yeah the floor before as, before he the checkerboard turns floor. into floor. Yeah. yeah that's right and uh, also he uh, morphs into sarah connor herself oh really or, where's that at in Towards the, the end? Uh, yeah, and when they're in that uh, that molten lava place, the, whatever, mm, that whatever gotcha, gotcha, that, gotcha. that steel mill thing, steel mill, yeah, thank you. Speaking of which, in that scene where the T1000 mimics Linda Hamilton's character, Sarah Connor, there was no CGI involved. They're twin, thank you for spoiling that. Oh, the my god, <laughs> was played by Linda Hamilton's real life identical twin sister, Leslie. Maybe someday, James Cameron will finally embrace the use of computer
0: graphics. Mm. Yeah,
2: one day. Uh, <laughs>
0: hasta la vista, baby.
2: Moving on. Jacob, here's your question. Time to get your Krypton. Oh, God. This is a comic book question, if you can believe that. Yeah, at least it's not a cryptocurrency question. <laughs> <laughs> That's in the next <laughs> podcast. Superman is known as the last son of Krypton, but there were other survivors of the planet's destruction as well. Name three other survivors from the planet Krypton. Um, so three other survivors from the planet Krypton, You, of course you've got uh,
1: Supergirl, who depending on which galaxy you're looking at or which dimension you're looking at can be uh, sometimes Kryptonian. Then also if you wanna get cheesy, you've got his dog. Uh, but then you also have the – I forget his name. Shoot. Uh, he's the one that took over as Superman in the death of Superman. He was the one with the goggles. Uh, he was from Krypton. What's his I'm, name? Ah, shoot. You would do that to me, wouldn't you? Um, and then lastly, uh, Doomsday is from Krypton. That is I a correct answer. That. Yeah. Very good. Well yeah. Done. I forget the other guy's name. but i, I The Eradicator.
2: The Eradicator, that's right, yeah, yeah. Here's a fun fact. The Legion of Super Pets is a fictional team <laughs> of super-powered pets in the DC universe. The original membership included Comet, the super horse, Streaky, the super cat, and the two that were actually from Krypton was Crypto, the super dog, and Beppo, the super monkey.
1: Yeah. Super dog, I've got a hunch you know who's behind this. You do? Okay, Crypto. Let's go find him. Up, up, and away! Crypto was a Dalmatian in the comics, and then a and then a lab in uh, Smallville. Hmm.
3: I can't believe in all of that. You didn't mention Zod. I know. (laughs) Oh yeah, right.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I I went too technical. (laughs) I went too deep. Everyone's saying Zod, uh, Ursa, and Non. <laughs> We're down to our final question. Ian, you still have the power. So if you can tie this up and Jacob loses, you win because the power is the tiebreaker. So you get to choose between these two questions. How does it feel when you treat me like you do? Which is a music question. Or you can choose farewell, big brother.
3: Oh, Farewell, Big Brother.
2: Okay. I think there's some insight in your voice there.
3: That's Robotech, man.
2: Farewell, Big Brother (laughs) is a television cartoon question. Robotech was a revolutionary TV show weekday afternoons after school. The show had real stakes that drove the drama and danger within the series. Name three prominent characters that had on-screen deaths in the TV show Robotech.
3: On-screen deaths, that's, I mean, shoot, that's... I don't
1: that's know gonna, if I could get that one.
3: That's gonna get hard. It's, God, what's, what's his big brother's name? Uh, oh my gosh. So I'm gonna try and go this Mother. Um, mother. So first I'm gonna try and, and uh, give myself some time. I, well, I, I, don't... Believe, I believe Ben dies. Are you
2: following me, Zayba?
3: I got it. I hate you both so much right now.
2: <laughs> that's the only one I remember, I you were, though. I thought you were trying to throw him off. And I'm like, no, you're actually trying to help him.
1: Yeah, I know. Because <laughs> that's, that's the only one I know. I can't get this one. So if I can help him get one, that'll be good okay. enough.
3: No, nah, it's okay. It's because uh, I mean, need your pity. The The odd thing is that he was my favorite character in in the whole series. And I was so annoyed when he died. And now being put on the spotlight. I cannot well,
2: think. maybe think of someone else,
3: right? So, I think Ben, I believe he died, the, the chubby one, uh,
2: big boned. Okay, <laughs> it's let's, I, not, let's not fat shame Ben Dixon yeah. <laughs> 2021. Okay, um, do they have to be good people or can be anybody? In the, the question is, name three prominent characters that had on screen deaths. Man, okay. that's a good
3: one, right? So, it's the the head guy from the Zentradi, he ended up dying, and then moving over.
1: Gaylord.
3: Oh, dude! I can't believe he just did that. So Roy Falker or Falker, depending on whether or not you're looking at the Japanese or the American. There you go. Ah, uh, and you know what? Just because I needed that help, I need to fold my hand on that one.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I can't think of anybody. That's yeah, the only so, one I know.
3: No, so it's uh, so Ben Roy. And, oh, does the colonel die or the admiral at the end die? Uh, I think he did. Uh, And he was, I can't think of his name either. Okay. What are your answers? Uh, Roy Falker Mm -hmm. or Falker, depending on which version you go to. Uh, Ben, uh, I believe he ended up dying. And then uh, I'm going to say the admiral. The, the head guy at the end, because in my memory, um, it, it ends up being Lisa and Rick and Minmay towards the end. I remember their faces, but I don't remember the
2: Admiral. We're going to have to consult the judges on this one, because it's very close. Judges, are you going to allow it? They're off screen. The judges allow it. Did you because know? you said Admiral, even though he was, I mean, I believe he did become an Admiral when he died. Henry Global Costumous was Captain him. Global. And global. but i believe he was admiral global when he passed away mm. so we're gonna allow that to happen man we that just,
1: was
2: good so some of the answers would be uh if you're playing at home uh ben dixon roy fokker claudia grant henry claudia. global sammy kim vanessa chiron azonia dolza rolf emerson and of course zor prime right chiron was who i was trying to think of
1: Terrible tragedy indeed. I can tell you Commander Foker will be sorely missed.
2: Uh, Fun fact. There is a running gag throughout the Macross saga where uh, Captain Global hits his head as he enters the bridge of the SDF-1. It is said this was to uh, pay homage to the famous blooper in Star Wars Wars. when a stormtrooper hits his head on the door in the Death Star. The question is, how does it feel when you treat me like you do? New moon on Monday was by Duran Duran. Manic Monday was by the Bengals. Who sang the song Blue Monday? Was it A, New Order, B, Dolly Parton, C, Nirvana, or D, No Doubt? Um, this is for the win. You're tied I'm going right.
1: to go with, I'm gonna go with uh, A. Who was that? Who was A? New Order? New order I'm, and I'm only going with A because I'm I'm Dolly Parton I don't think is as Gen X as she should be so and I might be wrong but I doubt, I don't think that's a no doubt slash Nirvana song for the win New order is correct congratulations Yay. congratulations
2: I knew the other bands enough to to know that it had to be that one I'm pretty sure Dolly Parton's a baby boomer. Uh, here is our fun fact. The track was designed to be played on autopilot because New Order hated doing encores. They wanted to create a track that they could be played by machines so they could get backstage and start drinking sooner. This quickly became the biggest selling 12-inch single in history, moving well over 3 million units worldwide. However, thanks to a wildly ambitious bit of expensive packaging, the record company lost money on every copy that was sold. <laughs> wow. There you have it. Sounds like the E.T. Atari game. Oh, uh, yeah. There. Before we play the final round, if you're enjoying the show so far, please consider giving us a positive review on Apple Podcasts and subscribing to future episodes. It costs you nothing to give us a positive review and subscribe, but it would mean the world to me. Thanks so much for tuning in, and we'd love to have you as a friend of the show. Round 3 Round three is a bonus prize round called Dysfunctional Family Feud. In this final round, the game's loser can play spoiler to the winner. I will ask the same five survey questions, family feud style, to each player in turn, and they will need to respond with what they think are the most popular answers from the Generation X timeline. That's the 70s, 80s, and early 90s. These are actual survey questions taken from actual people from Generation X that have been quizzed by the show via Facebook. The loser gets to answer first with the winner unable to hear their responses. The winner will then have to give responses to the same five questions and beat the other player's score without duplicating any of the answers. If they get more points, they win the game and go on to claim their chance at a prize. Jacob, you were the winner, so you are going to go second, and we'll let you back in in a little bit. Uh, Put it in waiting room. See you. All right, buddy. You know how this is played. Yes, sir. Are you ready? Yes, sir. Okay. Your time will begin after I finish reading the first question. What was the make and model of the first computer you ever used? IBM PC Jr. What was the scariest movie of the 80s? Jaws. What was the best superhero television show? Superman gonna cost me some money Ian. Sorry. <laughs> name a famous boxer mike tyson what band put on the best live show kiss that didn't take long hmm. let's bring back jacob welcome back jacob to the show thank you ian took no time at all with his answers
3: One of them, I'll tell you, is wrong right off the bat. (laughs) He's very confident of his
2: answers. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So I'm going to ask you the same five survey questions. Uh, You may not duplicate any of his responses. If you get stuck, say pass. You can pass twice, and I'll come back to it. Okay? Okay, here we go. What was the make and model of the first computer you ever used? 10500. You know, these are supposed to be the most popular answers, not... Oh, sorry. Yeah, no,
1: that was just mine. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay, sorry about okay. that. Right. That hey. should have been an Apple IIe or <laughs> Apple IIc. Right. Mm. All right. What is the scariest movie of the 1980s? Exorcist. What was the best superhero television show? The Great American Hero. Is that Was that the name of it? Close enough. The Greatest, he le- the he greatest American Hero. He couldn't he's land. He's not just a great American hero. He's the greatest American hero. <laughs> Remember, he couldn't land. That oh, was the yeah. best part. <laughs> awesome show. Name a famous boxer. Muhammad Ali. What band put on the best live show? Metallica. Or was it Kiss? Okay, let's go to the stores. Let's go to the scores. <laughs> it's so funny. You guys making fun of me? <laughs> Talk about crippling anxiety. <laughs> you said the stores. I was like, oh, is this next round about, about like Toys R Us? <laughs> Groceries. Man, we're going to Lucky's. I'm going to name four items you can purchase at the store. You have to tell me the store. <laughs> A stuffed Jeffrey giraffe. It's Walmart every time. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> <laughs> so here, here we go to the answers. Not the stores. What is the make and model of the first computer you ever used? Ian, you said IBM, which was the number four answer worth 13 points. Jacob, you said a candy, which was the number five answer with 10 points. Making the score, Ian 13, Jacob 10. The number one answer was, of course, the Commodore 64. Uh, yeah, that's true. Uh, I asked you, was the scariest movie of the 80s? And uh, Ian, you said the scariest movie from the 70s in Jaws, uh, which did not make our survey, uh, was zero points. And Jacob said The Exorcist worth 10 points, which was the number four answer, bringing the score <laughs> 20 to 13 in Jacob's favor. I um, would like to add that Jaws was still scarier than any movie that came out in the 80s. <laughs> well, according to our survey, the number one answer was A Nightmare on Elm Street. Ah, uh, that's a good question. The Scariest movie of the eighties. I asked you what was the best superhero television show. Ian, we checked with the judges, and you said Superman. Super Friends made the survey, and Super Friends would be nothing without Superman. So we're going to give you Super Friends, uh, and that was the number five answer with nine points for a total of twenty-two. Jacob, you said. The Greatest American Hero, which was the overwhelming number one answer, worth 45 points. Bringing you to a total of 65 versus Ian's 22. Name a Famous Boxer was next. You said Mike Tyson, Ian, which was the number two answer, worth 21 points. Bringing you up to 43 points. And Jacob said Muhammad Ali, which was the number one answer, worth 39 points. That makes the score 104 for Jacob and 43 for Ian. Going to the final question. I asked you, what band puts on the best live show? Jacob, you said Metallica, which is the number three answer, worth 22 points, bringing you to a grand total of 126 points. Ian, you said Kiss, which was the number two answer. Good answer. You need 83 points to tie. Survey said... It's worth 28 points. <laughs> Bringing you to a grand total of 71 points versus 126. That Ouch. means, Jacob, you have won the game. And, Ian, you didn't play spoiler today. Congratulations, Jacob. Thank you. What was the number one for best concert? Sorry. The band that puts on the best live show was voted by Gen X. And Pink Floyd came up with the top answer. Huh. Pink Floyd. Okay. Pink Floyd. They do put on a great show.
3: Oh, you had to be on acid to enjoy that show.
2: I know. I'll, I'll
3: I saw Roger Waters.
2: I was very far from any acid, and it was wonderful. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I would have loved to have seen them. Congratulations, Jacob! You won the game. Hey. As a, as a result, we are going to wait. I only won Here. part two. You've been drinking. You, you just won the, the Dysfunctional <laughs> Family Feud. I did. I did win Dysfunctional Family yeah. Feud. And that means that Ian could not play spoiler to you. That means you win a chance at a prize. And your prize is... Are going to take a trip to the Shopper's Bazaar? This segment is a throwback to the old Wheel of Fortune prize vault where the winner gets to claim a prize from the showroom. However, we are not Wheel of Fortune and we can only offer a chance at a prize by me placing bids on my eBay watch list on the winner's behalf. That's you. (laughs) I will place a minimum bid on the listing of the winner's choice until I am the high bidder. If that bid holds up till the end of the auction, then I will buy that item for the winner. Let's take a look at the prize vault. So some of the items in the prize vault today are, we have a vintage 80s Acid washed looking uh, denim jacket, bomber okay. style. There's that. This is a custom G.I. Joe figure. So, what someone did is they took bits of different action figures and put them together to look like snake eyes from G.I. Joe. So, that's kind of interesting. We have a garbage pail kid named Surreal Neil. Hey. <laughs> Not to be outdone is the garbage pail kid, Alien Ian. Mm -hmm. i do own that card uh so here we have the robotech macross masters dvd collection this is all three seasons of Mm -hmm. robotech on dvd wait is this
1: three seasons of robotech meaning the first story of robotech or does three seasons mean southern cross and in invasion
2: it's the whole series from the 80s the whole series You get
3: to sing along with Lancer. You can. Uh, Look up, look up, look up.
1: The sky is falling. falling.
0: Come on. Well done.
1: Debo. I know it. I know it. (laughs) The sky can fall on you. Before you try and close your eyes.
2: Oh, my dude. Okay, I'll stop. The only thing about this uh collection is that it's missing two discs
1: oh uh, <laughs> probably the one with Lanzer singing that song which is the only reason to watch the invasion. In-
2: oh oh wash your mouth out man <laughs> there's plenty of reasons to watch that last season okay but Here we have a uh extra large morrissey hold on to your friends irish green t-shirt that has a cartoon Morrissey uh, hanging on to uh, a cow and a horse, cuddling okay. them. Okay. Once again, we have the Bud Light Spuds McKenzie handkerchief. This yes. Been on it, most every episode. Yes. That's okay. And here's the uh, the big prize is a lot of VHS movies sold as blanks. So what this is is somebody's VHS collection of cassettes, tapes, but no one knows what's on them. <laughs> <laughs> so they have they have stuff from the '80s recorded on these tapes, but he doesn't know what they are. And there's twelve of them. So what kind was of a- that?
1: What was that TV show with? Uh, is it John Landon? Was that his name? Where he was like an angel? Michael Landon. And Michael Landon. And every Touched episode by an he, angel. he walked away from the te from the from the camera. And every at the end of every episode, if that's not on one of those tapes, I don't want it. Okay.
2: Well, it's, it's a grab a ad. It's, it's, who knows what's on there? It's either Michael Landon or it's porn. You don't know. You have chosen the vintage 80s large denim jacket that's passion watch looking. Let's place a bid on this. Currently, the bid is one cent. I will place a bid. Uh, one buck. Let's do it. I've been outbid. Oh, crap. What have I got myself (laughs) into? Oh, God. Let's bid up. Oh, outbid again. Bid to $3. Outbid again. Oh, my gosh. What am I doing? Am I going to have to Venmo you some money? (laughs) Hey. We are now the highest bidder at $3.25 with free shipping. Jacob, if this bid holds up, I will ship this out to you as your prize. And I want to say thank you for doing your part in saving Generation X. You deserve this jacket i do my best. Thank you for checking out the show. We know you have a vast ocean of choices in your podcasting enjoyment. And it is amazing that you've chosen to spend some time on our little show. Thank you so very much. If you like the show, you can join us on Facebook by searching for our Facebook group for more fun Gen X content. If you'd like to contribute directly to the show, we have a Patreon account set up at patreon.com slash who will save Gen X. Contributions there go directly to keeping the show going, offering better prizes for the contestants. In this case, paying for Jacob's denim jacket and all around improvements to uh, future episodes. All this information is in this episode's show notes on your podcast device if you want to check that out. If you like what we're doing here and you're able to give a few bucks, I would be forever grateful. If not, please consider us next time. I'm just happy you're listening to the show. Thanks. Speaking of Patreon account, I'd like to give a shout out to our very first Patreon patron on Patreon. Shout out to Bill. Thank you, Bill, for being our first patron. Bill picked out some sound clips for the end of the episode. I hope you'll enjoy them as you stick around past the end. So I'd also like to say you thank you to jacob and ian for being on the show uh ian do you have any shout outs you'd like to give before we say goodbye i'd like to give a shout out to the flaccid
3: outreach group doctors without boners they've made a lot of headway for a bunch of stand-up
2: guys out there thank you Ian. very good jacob you got any shout outs you'd like to have like to follow Uh, that (laughs) no i don't
1: um I just kind of want to shout out to this podcast. Uh,
2: this has been a lot of fun. I really do enjoy Jason. Thanks, buddy. Glad to have you here. It's, it's been mm-hmm. a true honor to have you both. And it's been a blast. Before we go, I'd like to leave you with the cliffhanger question of the episode. If you know the answer, please reach out to me on our Facebook group page. Or you can email me directly at who whowillsavegenx at gmail.com. Also, if you have any feedback for the show or would like to submit a trivia question or segment idea, you can also reach me at that email address as well. If we use your trivia question on the show, we'll be sure to give you a shout-out. Correct answers will be put in a drawing for an upcoming prize at a later date. I can't promise something as cool as this denim jacket, but we'll do our best. The cliffhanger question of this episode is which of these historical figures is not named in billy joel's song we didn't start the fire is it a harry truman b Liberace, c jackie kennedy or d sugar ray robinson please submit your answers on our facebook group page or send me an email so that's it for the episode thanks again for checking out the show and doing your part to keeping these important treasures of our generation alive We welcome you to subscribe to future shows and episodes where we will once again ask the question, who will save Generation X? Later. Hello,
3: Joshua? Strange game.
0: The only winning move is not to play. How about a nice game of chess?
2: Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you.